0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Tower Casuals the Destiny podcast. I am your host, Corey Derrick, and alongside me as always is the Yoten Tote, the Vault Dweller, the mayor of the Deepstone Crypt, the
1: Flawless Josh Finney. <sighs> I haven't been flawless in a few weeks. I haven't played trials much. I did I definitely didn't play this last weekend. I saw the responses to matchmaking within an hour of it going live and was like, Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I, it was, It's like that scene out of the second Pirates of the Caribbean when Orlando Bloom's like, I won't leave without Jack Sparrow when they're all arguing on the beach. And they see Johnny Depp around the corner, and he's like, hey, look, there he is. And then he sees all of the Islanders chasing him with spears, and he just, like, very quickly goes, nope, oh, time to go. Yep. That's what I felt like looking at the trial stats through Friday afternoon. I was like, oh, I was in a rush to get home. I guess I'm not <laughs> now. <laughs> this was the first week ever in the history of Trials of Osiris that there was not a shotgun in the top ten most used weapons. Wow. Thank you for that, Widow's Court. But also fuck you for putting like three bows in the top ten. Yeah. I hate Widow's Court. Mostly because I can't I, I snipe it on. I bug. hate Widow's Court and normal Crucible. What makes you think I want to play it in three-on-three? Three?
0: Right. God so bad oh god oh man dude so okay before we get before we get into the destiny stuff josh i have the jets colts game on the other monitor and watching the jets and how bad they are reminds me of how much i used to watch a terrible browns team for like 20 years
1: yeah there's man the most tortured fan bases in the nfl have to be Like, in order from, like, having the best situation to the worst right now has to be the Browns, the Jets, and the Lions. The Lions will always be at the bottom of the pile. Dude, the
0: Lions, dude. Like, there was, like, four games where they were, like, on the verge of winning and they lost in the last second.
1: Man, they lost, like, 46 to, like, 7, I think, against the Eagles. Yeah. Who are not good at all. Nope. It's just like, you know, last week, Jacksonville made Geno Smith look like Patrick Mahomes out there. <laughs> I know. God damn. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, we're about to get a shutout. And as soon as soon as those words escaped my lips, touchdown Jacksonville. As yeah. soon as I said it. Speaking of Jacksonville. But then we ran the onside.
0: Speaking of Jacksonville, did you see who the Packers are re-signing as their backup quarterback?
1: Oh man, the legend himself,
0: Blake Bortles. Jason
1: Mendoza is proud somewhere in the good place. <laughs> Blake Bortles rides again, baby.
0: <laughs> Thank man. God
1: we weren't the ones who signed him.
0: Oh, man, dude, the good place. What a show!
1: That is a show. What 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 a fucking show! Love that show. But Corey, there's in other video game stuff i know we got that campaign video for halo infinite last week
0: we did let me tell you it looks it way looks better. really
1: good i think we talked about it slightly last week that looks awesome the ign coverage this week has been really cool too seeing the new multiplayer map mm-hmm. um, and knowing that McCaffrey has gotten to play it really really has me like heated mm-hmm. but then i also remember that he's like probably the only person in the industry who's like covered xbox since its inception mm-hmm. like okay at a major outlet i should right. preface that because uh right. danny pena has done incredible work over at gamertag no i think since, i think we know, we know i think, think we, we know xbox. xbox yeah but man it, just reading that and like do, doing the ride along in the uh in the level today it was so cool it just reminds me like no matter what we may think about the stories that 343 may be telling in halo like just, God damn, those are some great designs gotcha. those games are designed so well like seeing the up close character models in last week's inside infinite incredible Bro- uh craig i, I, the can't, brute I looks... can't wait to lose myself craig the brute got a facelift uh do craig the brute is ready to go on halo bachelor yeah <laughs> let me tell you something <laughs> that halo man bachelor. is ready he is ready for his close-up
0: man Dude, looks I, great. Uh,
1: it's been a great week. Though. I mean, you, you got that. You got all the Halo stuff. The Forza reviews dropped in the middle of the night. Yeah. uh Which I'm playing Forza as soon as we're done here. I'm loading up Horizon Five.
0: Yeah, because it's uh, it's ready for preload, right? Like,
1: yeah. Oh, well, I, I so I preloaded two weeks ago. I think. yeah. I have it preloaded. And I bought I don't my know if VIP I... pass. I, I bought my VIP upgrade last night. Okay.
0: Do you need the VIP pass to play it early? play tonight yes even if you're a uh uh uh, uh.
1: game so it it goes live tonight if you bought the premium edition or if you buy the ultimate add-ons package which comes with the vip pass the car pass both uh dlcs and um Mm. i think it comes with something else Oh, it comes with the early access you can play for this weekend Mm. uh with that and it'll go live at midnight eastern Midnight, yeah, it'll go live. So I'll have a little bit of time after we get done recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, so that add-on with Game Pass is like $45, I think. I'm like, okay, I play so much Forza, especially Horizon, mm-hmm. that this was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, me and uh, A1Johnny were talking about this the other morning. We were texting each other, and we're like, oh, a no-brainer for us. Mm-hmm. Like I, I played so much Horizon 4 over the last three years, it's disgusting. Found out this afternoon it's got the it's got uh, Atmos and Dolby Vision support. Yeah, uh, which is always really cool to see. And Corey, oh, we saw Elden Ring this morning. Yeah, I know you're excited so about that. Good. It looks so good. I still don't know if I want to pay seventy bucks. And then like real quietly, like Gran Turismo kind of eked its way in there this afternoon.
0: Yeah. Then they like just reveal like, oh, like guys, just...
1: don't forget about us. We're here.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, we're that other car game for that other console.
1: We're, we're that we're that other car game that hasn't had a good installment since the PS3. <laughs> I, I, sh- I really shouldn't clown on Gran Turismo because, I mean, like, 3, 4, and 5 are, like, arguably the best racing games of all time, like racing sims. Mm-hmm. But, in like, for everything, like, if you want a hardcore sim, I think, the, like, the PS2 and beginning of PS3 era, Gran Turismo's are probably the best ever made. Mm-hmm. Even though they've gotten better looking and more cars since then, um, and I think definitely like the later Forzas, like Forza f- four and five, probably give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Just man, Her- Horizon just like dwarfs everything else. I
0: think, yeah, it's so good. I'm ready. I'm ready for Horizon. I'm like, I'm not the biggest racing guy, and it's usually like every other that I'll like, you know, play
1: some sort of racing. I, I like arcade racers. So uh-huh. like, I I was always a big Need for Speed kid. Uh, Need for Speed, and I liked Project Gotham, Um, but man, like regular fours has never really caught on for me. Gran Turismo, I liked Gran Turismo three as a kid because that was like the pinnacle of racing games when I was eight. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, oh man, like if Gran Turismo three were to be put on PS now tomorrow, I don't know that I would rush to play it the way that I would Mario sixty four or the way that I would like if Forza Horizon 3 magically. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say Horizon 3 coming back. I still have it downloaded. But um, if it were made to purchase again, how quickly people would flock to go buy that game, um, especially the Hot Wheels expansion. But man, good week. Good week for, for non Destiny games.
0: Right. And if you're a JRPG fan, Shimaga My Tensei 5 got some great reviews as well out next week, right? I think it's out Tuesday. But the embargo lifted today. Game Informer saw it as a review in progress, but Nintendo Life gave it a 9 out of 10, and IGN gave it like an 8.5, I think. So
1: IGN and GameSpot gave it 8s this morning. It's got an 87 on Metacritic. I mean, it's reviewing really well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, like it's, it's Little Brother Persona is definitely the more popular game. But... Yeah, uh, Shin Megami Tensei. I've seen a lot of people say, play it like Pokemon and not like Final Fantasy. And that's honestly just so interesting to me. Hmm. Like, in terms of, like, changing your team. That is a game I will not be playing. I will watch other people play Shin Megami Tensei, but I have zero interest in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I I fell down the Persona 5 and 4 and 5 rabbit holes, and uh, I'm not looking to do that with Shin Megami Tensei. If I'm gonna do it with any JRPG this fall, it'll be with Tales of a Rise. Yeah. But even that, I'm like, oh god, I don't know. If, I don't know if I got ninety hours to dump into a JRPG right now. I've yeah. like I've barely touched a Metroid Dread. I'd really like to play like this. This month is cleaning out what's left of my 2020 backlog. Uh-huh.
0: Uh
1: huh. I'm planning on getting to Ratchet and Clank and probably Returnal this uh, this month because once once December 7th hits that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing else is getting played if it's not a shooter for like the next 3 months. Right. So. That's fair. But uh, speaking, speaking I did play shooter score.
0: Oh, before before we get to that, I did play yeah, Gar- yeah, yeah. No, I did no, no. I did start playing Guardians of the Galaxy this week, by the way. How is Guardians of the Galaxy? Let me let me tell you this, Josh. If you don't have a PlayStation 5 or a Series X, I would not play it. I played it uh, yeah. I even played it on the Series S dude and there's no performance mode on there. Oh, it's <laughs>
1: it's locked at 30 and it's really unresponsive. So, it's kind of wild because like this, this is a game like you and I both were like we're interested in this, but mm-hmm. because we were a little bit higher on it coming out of E3 than most. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time we were like, "Uh, they keep showing this portion over and over and over again." Mhm. Like this doesn't bode well and now you got people coming out saying like man I like these guardians way more than I like James guns and that's just kind of wild to me. It's uh like the story is shockingly heartfelt apparently. Yeah,
0: the I I I've only I'm only about an hour in because like I yeah, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to talk about it so I played I played the first chapter on through the Switch Cloud which is not the way to play that game. Uh yeah. I played uh about a half hour on the Series S and I couldn't stand it because it was so unresponsive and the frame rate was just mm-hmm. like not. But the Series X version, man, feels real good. And uh
1: So I-, I dubbed this that this is gonna be my Black Friday pickup because yeah. I'm convinced this is going on sale for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it definitely definitely uh
0: this is what I said. Last night on Boss Rush, when we were talking about it, I said, "I I really like it. I really enjoy it. This game feels like one of those games that you should wait for a Black Friday sale and get for like thirty or forty bucks."
1: I'm just shocked at the amount of people who have this like in their top ten of the year so far. Like, mm-hmm. and every single person I've seen listed in there is they're they're shocked themselves that they have it up there. Yeah, no, they I didn't was. Expect it in- I was shocked. The number one thing that that says to me is you never played Deus Ex because Eidos is a great studio mm-hmm.
0: or even, or even shadow of the tomb Raider. Like I feel like, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of that DNA in it a little bit. Like it's definitely a, a light action RPG <laughs> giving commands to your teammates is really, uh, it's really intuitive actually. And mm-hmm. like, the banter and just like choosing different routes of conversation is really fun and uh you can kind of choose which route to take star lord if he wants to be like a dick or if he wants to be like a the you know the lovable meathead you know like it's just it's really cool i've i'm about an hour and a half in it's i got to tell you it's it was a surprise so far uh plus like the character well, I, actors I... for each for each character like drax is really like He's different enough from yeah. Dave Batista to feel unique, but
1: it's just as funny, which is cool. I wanna, I, definitely want to play this when it goes on sale. Like I, I have three or four games I want to pick up this month if they go on sale for Black Friday. I want to grab Guardians. Uh, that's probably when I'm gonna grab Ratchet and Clank and Returnal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit more complicated. It's like, oh, I have the digital console. Like mm-hmm. I want to be really careful with the games that I buy for that right now until i can get a disc ps5 Mm -hmm. um look at me i'm like the the epitome of being an (laughs) asshole right now if you get that i have a digital one but (laughs) i need a disc one
0: if you if you get that disc one you tell me because i will take
1: that digital one off your hands oh yeah 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 i uh got that sexy halo xbox coming in next week Neat. I'm ready. It should be it should be in the air by the time we do next week's episode. But Corey, we're here for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. As we are every single week.
0: Yes, destiny. Fifteen minutes into the show.
1: The trials update for the week. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. Oh uh, man. Oh man, this is Trials. I, I'm glad that they, they've made it. Re- they do make it really clear in here that next week is probably going to be the last time we get an update on Trials for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be an update on Trials Labs and kind of their plans for Trials for the rest of the season through the launch of Witch Queen. So for those of you who do not play Trials, rest assured, we've only got like two more weeks of talking about this. The the population has dwindled and it's still high, but it's dwindled enough now to where a lot of the, ca- the casuals have all left. Mm hmm. And a lot of people like me who are like, I'm not like, oh, I'm ultra sweaty. But I'm also like, not like, oh, I just want to play quick play. Like, I actually feel really comfortable in a competitive mode now. Yeah. Or even we're like starting to back off. I'm like, all right, if I've got time, I will. But I'm not going to specifically set time aside to run and do it. And it's not like, oh, I don't want to challenge. It's just I am running into those people now where it's like, oh double gilded flawless like in my second match pass I don't want to do this like the first month and a half was great I didn't see a single person with a flawless title I didn't see unbroken I and it wasn't like oh I'm just chilling it was I was playing people who were my skill level and I really enjoyed that now it's kind of the opposite like I have a limit to how much I'm willing to punish myself and Okay, if there's an adept weapon I really want, like, I should have played this last weekend for uh, Shaiuras as an adept, but there's nothing that can make me go do Widow's Court.
0: Right. Mm. Nothing at all. We were talking about that before we started recording, like, Widow's Court. Yeah, yeah. It makes me (laughs) feel like a terrible human being in a lot of different ways.
1: (laughs) It's just, like, that and Reed's Regret are really the only two that I want to adept that i want a good roll on adept but reads since it's in my pool now it's like oh well i can just go get a seven win passage on anything i only have to go flawless. i just get seven wins and i can turn it in now yeah so i i'm like okay uh cool because i that was that was the first week i went flawless was when reads was up so now i just kind of want to go back and boogie for that whenever it happens you know maybe maybe get another map or two cleared like work a little bit on this title um but you can rest assured first trials weekend of Witch queen I'm or when that population spikes again, that's what I'm going for that passage of confidence for that title. I'd like, that's the one I'd like to earn just, just once. I'm never going to guild it. I'd like to earn it once and be like, all right, my work here is done. Right. I, I got something I never thought I would do. I've already gone flawless like three, four times again, things I never thought I would do. Right. But <sighs> trialsing aside uh tri- you know, trials trialsing aside, aside. <laughs> trialsing aside um <laughs> I I really like how blunt Bungie is in the twab this week about this uh they they haven't responded to the reddit thread I wouldn't respond to the reddit thread it was really toxic last week and uh so were the Twitter comments I don't wish that on anybody I don't want to wade into any of that right now um like uh, last weekend we tried out changes to matchmaking and trials. We shifted to a system that put some focus on overall wins, pushing players into different buckets, depending on how much they had played and won on a given weekend. We are incredibly happy with the amount of data we were able to collect. The system did not meet the goals we established on Thursday. As we continue to hone in on what settings we want for trials overall, we appreciate those who have been hopping in for a few cards and sounding off feedback. Um, So, compared to three weeks ago, when we we got some of the numbers initially... um, because they seem to be giving us like big dumps of data uh, whenever Iron Banner weeks come. Right. It's like, oh, we get three weeks of trials and then Iron Banner, which it's breaking it up nicely, right? Average matchmaking time was up by 10 seconds, but if you were on the bleeding edge of win counts, your matchmaking times, because it could easily be anywhere from two minutes to over five. We, uh, we saw that with, I believe, uh, True Vanguard and Grenadier Jake, I believe both had that issue this past weekend um, and the week before for that matter, of where their matches were taking forever to match because they're going flawless multiple times in a weekend. Uh, overall, games played was down 33%. Wow. And blowout rate went up to 28%. So it went up slightly from like uh, 24 25% to 28 which they've said that's kind of the danger zone right there. But... The games dropping doesn't shock me. This is a pattern we see every every single season. You will see tri- trials dips down, and so much of that is because it's predicated on, will you have to go flawless or nothing. And by now in the season, casual players have gotten their loot. That you've more than gotten your loot if you're just dipping and playing a playing playing a card or two on a weekend. You have definitely gotten your rewards by now. Um, at this point, it is a lot of a lot of the people left are ones trying to go to, we're trying to go to the lighthouse. I don't need any more messenger or Shyura's or Reed's regret rolls normally, because I have God rolls on those weapons. I have a great eye of soul. I have a great adept eye of soul. I do not have a, I have a great adept messenger now, like until they refresh the loot pool, like if they were to bring in astral horizon and, uh, tomorrow's answer or not. Yeah. Tomorrow's answer. I think it's tomorrow's answer. Um, And a few of the other weapons uh, from the initial Trials Launch uh, Summoner, for example, the auto rifle, then I would have me and I'm sure a lot of the other people who are just kind of in that weird middle ground that I described earlier would have a lot more of a reason to go in and play. And I'm really crossing my fingers that the December update is going to change out some of the weapons a little bit. Um, You know, maybe let igneous hammer and eye of soul take a break for a little while and bring those other weapons in or just add them permanently what harm can it do having you know, 12 guns in the loot pool when you can choose your own loot right um but that that's a big reason why we're seeing the number step so now it's just it's the people who want to go flawless multiple times in a week or who you know want to stream it they want to do carries things like that and there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's really hard to get the casual and like Kind of like in cameras, we call like consumer, prosumer, and professional. It's kind of hard to get those prosumer players in there, right? Right. Like me and uh, A1 Johnny. We but we were talking earlier today, and we're like, ah, cool. Like we're going back. We're we're going back to match. We're going back to the flawless pool. Like, okay, we didn't even play last weekend. Like I had a terrible experience uh, on Cauldron weeks ago, so I didn't even touch it this past weekend. I was busy. I've got some personal uh, family going on right now it's like ah, just it's not the thing that it was in september and october i'm like oh my god i gotta rush to i gotta rush to be there i gotta be on for trials this weekend and that's okay i'm fine with that if there's only a few weekends a season which for most of us there will be like if there's a new weapon or two debuted a new set of armor then a lot of us will go oh that's when i want to tune back in and that's okay that's fun. there's nothing wrong with that but I do think we need to explore a way to keep those player accounts kind of consistently high, and I think you're you're kind of hitting that, even though you're still having a dip, they're still staying pretty pretty decently up there. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, they go uh, solo solo play went up a bit. Fire team play, either exclusively or part time, went down by about a third. Low to average skill players played about the same, whereas high skill players played significantly less, and the highest skill cohort playing two hours less. On average, than in previous weeks, uh, that's pretty wild. That super skilled players were playing on average two hours less a weekend, mm-hmm. um, and fell off in droves, which right. seems kind of contrary to the opinions that we've seen stated on Twitter and on Reddit. And I think like this is something I have to do is remind myself that the people who go on those sites or who you know listen listen to pods who are seeking out information about this game. Are usually I'm not saying like they're the top skilled players, but they're the ones who are much more ingrained in this and are more likely to engage week to week right. with a limited event. Yeah. Um, what they say in this next paragraph, um, and then this is the last thing they say about about trials here. Um, there are some positives most of our data is either negative or neutral combined with the feedback on social media this has fueled our decision to move back to purely card-based matchmaking with a flawless pool for the foreseeable future next week we'll have a trials lab pre-brief and details on some other plans we have for the mode between now and the witch queen um for like I didn't think it was necessarily a bad idea to get rid of the flawless pool last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually really shocked at the negative attention that that got because that's something I've seen people calling for is to get rid of it. And then suddenly the calls were like, no, 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 please give it back. Right. Because I think the way in which they went about it was pretty rough. Like, it still kind of had the same result. Like, well, if you don't go flawless in your first two or three attempts, you better not even play the rest of the weekend. You're going to match against people who have won 30, 40 matches, whether they've gone to the White House or not. Right. Right. And that's not fun for anybody. That's not players on your skill level. That's just players who sunk a lot of time in, like you. Right. Um, So kudos for moving back to this. Um, And I I have a pretty strong feeling that the flawless pool is probably going to be a thing through, I would say, at bare minimum early January. I really can't. Like, they were working on this solution for about a month and a half. I can't imagine with Thanksgiving, with Christmas, with New Year's coming and the anniversary event launching and uh, the massive update that's going to come with that. I cannot imagine forcing out another matchmaking change before the end of the year. Right. This feels like something like you probably want to get out there in that dead zone in January and be like, hey, can you guys come try this out for us, please, before Witch Queen comes? Please, please, please. Uh, because Trials probably won't come back in the Witch Queen until at the weekend after the raid. Mm-hmm um so they're they're gonna give you three three four weeks to level up you know you, you'll have to they're not gonna introduce trials on a raid on a raid debut weekend mm-hmm. just like I, I think they said they don't want to have that or iron banners going on on raid debuts because they obviously they want the community's focus there they don't want like they don't want people who want who want to do everything to have to choose between do i try and get my first weekend completion or do i go play trials do I go do Iron Banner because there's four new farmable weapons and some of these may be best in class and we just don't know enough about them yet? Right. So I, I'm i OK with the changes we've been doing the trials, but please, God, I hope we're done with them. We, we, we've done enough. We, we've had like eight or nine weeks of data from trials overall. We're done. We don't need any more. Right. We don't need to see anymore. We don't need to do anymore. There is nothing else that needs to be done on this end. And that's not me being like selfish or being a prick about it. That's just me being like, Okay, you have enough data to work with. Determine what you need to do. Like kudos Mm -hmm. to having all the to to changing it week to week. But it's becoming a bit jarring. I I think we can all universally agree the first two to three weeks were probably the best weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Week one and week two especially seem to have been the most well-received weeks. Um, I'm not ready to pull the trigger. Like I said last week, I'm pull the trigger and pull the panic alarm and say, we need to go back to how it was week one. Because I personally, I I only got to play a couple matches week one. um, But I didn't have like the world's greatest experience. Like in retrospect, how I had in weeks two, three, and then the one right after the second Iron Banner. um, I had much better experiences. But I'm also not ready to be like, "Eh, well, let's keep experimenting. Like, no, let's go back to how it was like mid to end September. And I think that's at least a neutral ground for this for most of the population. Yeah. Maybe not for your top, top tier players, but I feel like for the rest of us, that's a pretty even ground. And it felt more like skill based than like connection based or uh, win based. So. I don't know. Any, I hope next week is the last time we talk about trials because I'm really tired of talking about trials every week. Yeah, I mean, Uh, like, there's not a whole lot more we can really say at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, there's. I just want them to take this data and figure it out, and you know, tell us when it's ready. You know,
1: right. So, and I mean, we've said for a long time if you were going to do it, this was the season to do it because three weeks or we would normally have like three weeks left in a season. So if you had done this during a regular season, it would have been a whole up and down season of trials changes. Get it done. Now you've still got the back half. You're going to have an influx of people coming back for the anniversary, coming back for dawning for moments of triumph, things like that. Cool. Then we can play out some of these changes with a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. We know there's going to be another trials lapse happening in December. Um, at least that's when it's planned for, I wouldn't be shocked to see the uh, solo node come back. The freelance node, I think, is probably going to become a permanent staple, but I'm not sure. Like I personally, even when the solo node was up, I was still having a better experience in the regular playlist than I was in solo. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. So we'll see what happens next week. I don't. I don't think there's anything else that Corey and I really can say on on trials. At yeah. This point. I I don't have anything else to say. If you want to hear other thoughts on Trials, go listen to, like, the last eight episodes. And that's not me being sarcastic or anything like (laughs) that. Genuinely. Since mid-August, we've been talking about Trials changes, revamps, plans, etc. It's been three months. I'm really tired of talking about
0: Trials. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, (sighs) Let's talk about something else. (laughs) Let's talk about something else. Why don't we? Um, Bungie Bounty is coming back. We haven't had a Bungie Bounty in like a year. Yeah. It's been a long time. There's a spiffy uh, emblem you can earn from that. They're going to have it both in Crucible and in uh, Gambit. And whatever streamer is the Bungie Bounty target is going to bring it up um, before or at the top of their stream. And they're each going to stream for a couple hours. And they've got just a ton of people across different uh, days, time zones, etc. It's going to go on for about nine days, it seems. Um, some really, really well-known, uh, streamers in the community, several that I really like, uh, Fallout Plays is going to be doing it, uh, Ms. is going to be doing it, uh, more console, there, there's some great people in there, go do it, like, there, if you match in their game at all, either on their fire team or on the opposing team, you're going to get the emblem, mm-hmm. um, and I've always been a big fan of Bungie Bounty, I've never, ever gotten one of those emblems, but I think it's cool. Um, it's definitely one of the rare, those are the rarer emblems in the community, like outside of like movie and artist of the week, that's, pr- and maybe the fashion ones. This is probably like the next tier of rarity or in that same one. Um, and they're asking for destiny hero stories. So uh, who, who's had a heroic moment in, in the crucible uh, fire team member that saved the day before wiping in a grandmaster nightfall, uh, massive kill streak that saved your team from a loss, uh, teammate melting a boss or taking out an invader. Um, and I I like what they're doing there. They want these to be uh, moments that can inspire newer players. And I, I think this is, this is good. Like this will serve to bring more people in or encourage those like, hey, you may be really daunted by the size of this game and by everybody saying, oh, it's, it's inaccessible to new players, which it is. But uh, if you see something cool, you might want to try it out. Yeah. I yeah. Cool. I think the same thing I do about this as I do about uh threads of light. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Just whatever. More things that the community can get involved in. These are largely things that we've always shared in the community. Right. But I'm glad better late than never, Bungie's finally acknowledging some of this stuff on their own. Right. Uh do prime gaming rewards. Uh you can go check that out if you've done it. Um uh, and that's honestly about it. Not much else. Nope. Um, there, oh, there will be uh, several extended maintenance uh, times for Destiny throughout the month of November. I suspect this is ready for, to get us ready for the uh, anniversary update so mm-hmm. that they don't have to shut down for like a whole night. Right. Um. So, uh, November 9th, November 16th, and November 30th. Uh, starting at 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, maintenance will begin at 5 45, 8 45. You will be removed from activities and the game will be brought offline. And then it'll come back on at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, so basically lining up with reset. Right. Cool. Um, cool. Okay. Um, but you, you're going to have extended downtimes um about four and a half hours or so um no i'm reading this wrong two and a half two and some change three and some three and some three and some change i promise math is hard god you can get back in at 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern which will work with the new reset times after daylight savings time kicks in oh
0: i forgot about about daylight savings time
1: yeah i did too that's why i was like I know I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> maintenance will conclude an hour after.
0: Do we really Olympics need Do we really need daylight savings time anymore? No. Like, let's, we don't. Let's we honest. haven't needed
1: it since like the early 1900s.
0: <laughs> like it's just stupid. Just get rid of it. Who cares?
1: Uh But yeah, so so 3 3 of the next 4 Tuesdays are going to have uh extended maintenance. The only one that won't is the week of Thanksgiving. Um, which you know makes kind of perfect sense. So three of the next four weeks leading up to um the anniversary update, god, we're only four weeks away from that. I know. Um are going to have extended downtimes. I would be shocked if there wasn't a downtime that morning. Um, I pretty strongly suspect that it's probably gonna be brought offline for about five or six hours that morning to put stuff in. But who knows? Uh that's gonna be part of the fun because as it's addressed here at the end of the swap. The twab. The twab. I had to do it. Do it. I had. I had to sneak it in there somewhere, guys. You did. Um, the next few twabs will be a fun time. We'll have more details on upcoming trials labs. Boo! No trials.
0: They said fun times.
1: I kick off sandbox conversations in preparation for the December patch and more um i'm hoping that this includes some information i at this point i think moments of triumph is likely going live with the anniversary update yeah because that'll likely. still give you nearly three months to do it yeah that seems likely right i mean i i think i still maintain it would have been perfect to have in november just to, like kind of keep some momentum going in the game yeah but it's pretty clear even Bungie but, wants you to take a break this month.
0: Yeah, that's where I was going. I was like, maybe they just want you to take a break because they're about to add a whole bunch of stuff to the game to keep you playing until yeah. the Witch Queen, you know?
1: Well, and I mean, we're about to have a complete sandbox shift. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, we Paul Tassi wrote an article on it earlier this week. Of course, Paul did. Um, about what what do we know so far? And we've talked about some of them, like Whisper the Worm. Uh, we know is coming, Vexmith the Class, uh, Doom Marchers, there's a few of those, Shatterdive is getting a big nerf. Uh, most of the patch is kind of a secret right now, though, so I'm very interested to see what happens there, like, I'm kind of secretly hoping for an artifact reset, even though I don't think it's going to happen. What if... Desperately want to use something other than Overload and Unstoppable mods? What
0: if, what if the artifact for the 30th anniversary is like an Elite Skull?
1: So I was gonna Halo. ask, do we do we think we're, we're out of the twab now? We're out of the twab. That that's that's all our scheduled content for the night, aside from a couple questions and lore corner speculation time. Do we think we're actually getting an artifact with the thirtieth anniversary? Because that's not we, we've had conflicting things. Bungie's been really mum on it. We're kind of just going off the leak, right? Of the claim there's going to be a separate season pass for this.
0: I don't think there's going to be a season pass for this.
1: I mean, if you're going to do an artifact, it would make sense.
0: But what do, what do you do with the one that continues the rest of the season? Can you swap between them? You think they're going to try to do what Halo's going to do? And I, let you I, would, swap between I
1: would think them? that you would have to introduce something akin to or, what Halo is going to do.
0: Or since so many people are already close to the end of this season pass, do you think they just add it on? You think they add like 50 levels to the end of this one?
1: Uh, I would be thrilled. I think the difficult part with that becomes... Because they, they would want to build... Again, we're going into purely speculative territory. Supposedly, the anniversary pack was going to have a season pass attached to it. That was going to feature Oni, uh, Oni armor. And Marathon. And it, Right. Uh, so, well, the Marathon armor, I believe we've seen. And that's yeah. going to be in the store. I... But... I, I don't know. We know that there's gonna be some armor that's like just flat out given to us with the C, with the anniversary because the anniversary pack is giving us a couple weapon skins. It's giving us um, the helmet skin, which at this point, the helmet mod that you're getting, if it's not Master Chief's helmet, you've just completely failed all of us. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. If it's a universal helmet mod, that's the only thing I can possibly think of that it is. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe a couple th- ships and some sparrows are, and some emotes are going to be a part of it. Also, mm-hmm.
0: there has to be more Halo stuff involved in this, right? Like it just feels like with Bungie's history, like that's where like I know people know that like no Marathon and no Oni and stuff, but mm-hmm. Halo was was Bungie until Destiny, right? Like I mean, they- I,
1: you you got to think that the Halo stuff is pro- partially being kept on the down the down low by Bungie because Bungie likes to surprise people. Look at how often we've gone into an event not knowing what's going to be available until the day that we load in. Yeah. Unless you have data miners, obviously. Look at how often we haven't been told things by Microsoft until the last minute. I think Microsoft probably wants all eyes on them for Halo's promotion. And so it's. It, I think it is extremely possible we load in that morning and that's when we see all the Halo content. Is when we load in. Because that's the day before Infinite then. It's the final push to get you pumped yeah that's fair because right now they're, they're rolling out they're rolling out short films for infinite they did the campaign overview we're probably getting another one on the 15th we got the ign first uh series with ryan mccaffrey going on i wouldn't rule out one more uh flighting test like maybe the week before thanksgiving you know the weekend before thanksgiving i would or yeah. the weekend after i wouldn't rule that out there's so much coming like halo basically has an entire month to itself now to build up yeah now that fours us out and call of duty will be out by the time you're listening to this yeah like you've got battlefield but i think the hype for battlefield kind of tapered off after that absolutely atrocious beta yeah that and the delay right
0: like and the yeah the company with the delay, with no the delay. like when it was supposed to come out would have been the perfect time for that game to come out and now that it's just lost in the shuffle and Halo basically being free to play and Call of Duty being Call of Duty and, you know, it's just, yeah. it feels lost again, you know, so.
1: Unfortunately, and that's a shame because I really like, I like Battlefield, but I did not enjoy my time in that beta at all. Yeah. Um, I think that you've got an interesting firestorm here, though, and, you know, we know that Microsoft and Bungie are real close. I mean, there's the possibility that we see something on Halo on the actual 20th anniversary of Halo on the 15th of this month that maybe... Bungie goes, hey, we not only want to celebrate, you know, we have an anniversary coming up that we're starting to celebrate in December, but this is the 20th anniversary of our best known game Mm -hmm. of the house, the uh, the game that built Bungie, Mm -hmm. essentially, and the house that built Xbox. Mm -hmm. Like we were, we wanted to have something to celebrate. Like we seen the, the cosmetics for Master Chief collection this week, and they're all so good. Mm hmm um the xbox and the duke Duke shoulder
0: pads are so cool
1: the duke shoulder pads are great the the knitted grunt backpack yeah uh and i love the orion armor is what i really want the armor from the very first halo reveal that
0: that's from like the third person like weird thing right that
1: is from the 1999 debut of halo
0: yeah yeah
1: back when halo was going to be an rts
0: god dude remember that oh my gosh
1: it went from an rts to a third person shooter to an fps and who would have i I went back and read the classic review that game informer did and andy mcnamara and andrew Reiner in in their review and in the second opinion both are like we never could have guessed this I, i it's etched into my mind forever I know we're getting off Destiny here. We're talking about a little bit of Halo. I mean,
0: we're going to talk about Halo on this show coming up, guys. I mean, it's it's going to happen. You know,
1: I'll never forget the month that the GameCube and the Xbox came out, November 2001. I got my Game Informer and I'm reading it, and I got the Game of the Month. And going in, I didn't know anything about Halo. I I, I was nine years old. I was I didn't play shooters. I, I wasn't allowed to play shooters. And I was, I was hyped up on getting a GameCube. I, I was begging for one for Christmas that year. I really wanted, I wanted it for Star Wars Rogue Leader and for Smash Brothers. But I, I knew enough about games at that point that and I knew how Game of the Month worked. Like, oh, it, it's, to, it's totally, it's totally going to be Luigi's Mansion. That's got to be what it is. And the paragraph that opened their review section that month is etched in my mind Forever. Three months ago, if you would have told us that we would be picking Halo Combat Evolved over Luigi's Mansion for Game of the Month in November 2001, we probably would have laughed you out of the room. Yet, that's exactly what has happened here. And Gene Park of the Washington Post kind of brought this up earlier today. He was talking about, he, he ranked the Metroid games for a feature. And he was saying, you know, Metroid Prime is his best Metroid game because aside from Doom and Halo... That's probably the most influential FPS ever made, and I was like, Yeah, I mean, it came out a year after Halo did and still did something completely different. It told a completely different type of story, different interactivity than anything we'd seen in an FPS so far. FPS is used to just be like, Oh, pick up a gun and shoot things. Mm -hmm. Halo challenged that notion, and especially with the multiplayer, right? And then you know, Metroid Prime goes on to that, you know, how those two kind of duel back and forth. You know, you look at the release schedules for them. Both of their sequels come out in 2004. You have Metroid Prime 2 and Halo 2 come out within a week of each other. Mm-hmm. Which are two of my favorite games ever made. Mm-hmm. And then in 2007, you have the same thing with Halo 3 and with uh, Metroid Prime Corruption. Mm-hmm. And which I was definitely less than thrilled with. But yeah. by that point, I was like, I'm not playing shooters on the Wii. It's to be been fair- eight months. I'm not playing a shooter. I am. <laughs> to I'm be fair for i think i
0: case. think if metroid prime 3 would have had normal controls it would have been better i definitely think it's if a little... you would have had
1: something like the pro controller then it would yeah. have done wonders for like
0: that game. like it's definitely i still feel like it might be the weakest of the prime trilogy oh it is it, but, it's
1: not even a question but
0: it's still like you know it still, still would have been way better with the controller
1: yeah it's still a great game um we look at things like that, and like, I find it impossible to think that Bungie's not going to celebrate the game that made them, even though they don't own it anymore. Mm-hmm. They clearly, like, the, Bun- the people who work at Bungie and who work at 343 clearly still have a lot of strong connections. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who wanted Bungie to split off have since left. Mm-hmm. Or they were in junior positions at the time. People like, you know, uh, Luke Smith. We talked about Luke Smith a lot. Luke Smith had just started working at Bungie when they split off from Mm -hmm. microsoft Mm -hmm. and look at him now now he's the franchise director of destiny this dude was their community manager and podcast producer in like 2006 2007 Mm -hmm. like don't ever tell me you can't do something and you can't make it in this industry like that that's a success story right there Mm but i mean you think about it in the
0: early 2000s he was writing what he was working for what pc gamer or who was he working for EGM. egm egm yeah so i mean like Talk about somebody who was on one side and made it on the other, you know what I mean?
1: Right. And it's like, so I find it impossible to believe that like so many of these people owe their career, like Lucas talked about it extensively. He did a great interview with Kind of Funny. I don't remember if it was last year or if it was when Shadowkeep came out, but he did a great one-on-one with Greg Miller. And he basically was like, I owe my entire career to this game. I owe my career in gaming to halo like yes i was a writer and this and that but he's like i was obsessed with halo and with halo 2 he's like he was one of the first guys to do the scarab gun mm-hmm. and like that's i remember reading about that i remember seeing that on x play mm-hmm. and god. whatnot like back on god, classic g4 i remember seeing that on uh x play and uh god what was the they had, they had one that was like a uh, game ticks t- tips and tricks or something i can't remember the name of the actual show but uh I'm pretty sure they talk about an attack of the show at some point. It's just all these old shows, and like so many of us are, we're into Destiny because we were huge Halo fans. Right. Like it would just be a disservice if we get through I mean, this and like. <clears throat> that's
0: the only reason why I played, I picked up Destiny, right? Because of I was yeah. huge Bungie and a huge Halo fan, and this was Bungie's yeah. new IP, right? It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't Halo, but it was like, oh man, Bungie's making a new IP. Let's go check it out.
1: My exact words when I stepped into the Cosmodrome for the first time and played it was, this is Halo movement perfected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. This is the Halo control scheme perfected to me. Because, God, I you know I, I like 343 a lot. I love how Master Chief Collection handles. I love the Halo Infinite Flight. Nobody does gunplay like Bungie. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody makes guns feel as unique as Bungie does and just them having like this massive sandbox to play with it's like i I, well we're gonna dwell a little bit more on this as we get closer to the 30th anniversary and i'm sure after we play it right um but i know that's been a that's been kind of a hot topic in the community is what are we actually gonna see from halo we kind of know what we're seeing from the other franchises we don't really know. pick halo we just know a couple like class armor items like what else are we actually going to get here mm-hmm. and I think that's something they want to keep very secret because they know we all know also no matter how little or how much they do it's not going to be enough for a very vocal part of this for a uh, fan base right and uh, not just the destiny fan base but the halo fan base also like oh you took too much and the destiny fan base, oh you didn't give us enough like we grew up playing halo like mm-hmm. you know a lot of we're adults with you know careers and children now we grew up doing LAN parties mm-hmm. the early days of Xbox Live.
0: Oh, my gosh, dude. LAN parties were crazy. And, like, I'll save those stories for when we get into yeah. Halo stuff. But, man, LAN parties for Halo 1, man. Oh, man.
1: Woo. Corey, we have two. We're, we're going to change things up. We're going to do our questions before Lore Corner tonight because I actually remembered that we had questions. So Our first question tonight comes from Stonky2 over on Twitter. Stonky! Stonks. Stonks are rising. I'd love to hear what you guys would do if you had control over a brand new seasonal event like Guardian Games or The Dawning. What would it be about? What would the activity be? And what would you want to see for a specific armor set or weapon? Thanks and love the show. Man. I'm going to let you go first here, Corey.
0: Man, I have... Hmm. I have ideas. I kind of, w- when I saw this question, I was kind my first thought was like, well, I want president of elders back, but I also mm-hmm. was like, I don't want the like wave, like the round based wave based type thing. Like, cause that like, that takes too long. I want an event that takes like 10 or 15 minutes, get in, get out, maybe have some sort of competitive thing. Right. right? Then I was thinking of like, what if you took like a, almost like a, a quicker version of Gambit, almost where you're like, okay, you it's it you go into the the prison right or some mm-hmm. some some place right and there's, uh <clears throat> you have two teams. It's like a it's like a team ba- It's like a team based competitive thing, where you're trying to take out these enemies and maybe you do some objectives during the. The round right, and then you summon a you summon an enemy, but then like you can you can invade the other team right, but you don't have to like collect motes and bank them. You, it's 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 a quicker version of gambit. It's a more aggressive version of gambit almost, and uh, mm-hmm. that that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then you get like this like maybe maybe Varix puts it on, and you get this really cool House of Judgment style gear, or maybe. Maybe Mithrax puts it on and you get like cool Mithrax themed armor or something.
1: So I I definitely agree with all that. I I've said for a while I'd like for Trials of the Nine to come back, but be a gambit centric activity given Drifter's connection to um Paladin Oren and the the Nine themselves. Right. Um, I'd love to see that. We know we're kind of delving into a little bit more of that with the new dungeon that'll be in the loot cave with Zer being the one who guides you through that. Right. Uh, into the kind of the realm of the nine. We know prophecy, prophecy definitely fooled around with that a little bit. Um, I would like to see more of that. Maybe bring back like, I don't know, like kind of similar to how Gambit Prime was like refine Gambit and then make Gambit Prime like a limited time mode uh, as trials of the nine. Um, i think that could be really cool um anything that gives us the opportunity to earn more unique loot is right. always going to be welcome in my book mm-hmm. when i think specifically of a timed event though that we would get like once a year i think the easy answer to jump to is sparrow racing league yeah um i don't personally want sparrow racing league i could give a crap if it comes back if it comes back cool like that it is something else for people who do nothing but play this game to play. i think sparrow racing league would be fine to come back as like an event in like late may early june maybe yeah um
0: when was it like when was it the first time around was it it was right after the dawning though right
1: oh man i couldn't tell you i, I think it was in the winter guy
0: i think it was i think it was two. i think it was after the dawning and before crimson days it was like the event that took place in between that for like three weeks yeah
1: I I think you could slot, I mean, you could slot Sparrow Racing League in, uh, a couple times throughout the year if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe like, I don't know, like the last couple weeks of whatever season leads in November, if you're going to be on a cycle of February to February, you know, okay. Like we know we have Festival of the Lost, but what if we took like two weeks off and then we gave you a couple, we gave you two weeks of Sparrow Racing League, Mm -hmm. something like that. I, I don't know. Um. I would like to see, if you did Sparrow Racing League, I would like to see some unique maps for it. Uh, I would like to see maybe you have to race through the city streets. Um, maybe you have to do the Sparrow Race without the giant flaming ball behind you. In uh, Or if it's there, it's not as aggressive uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Scourge of the Past. Right. I think that could be kind of funny with like you said, Variks or Mithrax narrating it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Or maybe they like
1: Mithrax and Saint like buddy commentating it.
0: Yeah. Or maybe like Mithrax, Mithrax and Saint like they have like, like since they're buddies, it's like a friendly competition to them and like, one like four three or four players oh, on you're on their teams, teams. Yeah. oh that would
1: be great yeah
0: it'd be like a three on three but you're on Sha- you're on a saint's team and i'm on Mithrax's team or something and like mm-hmm. maybe you just hear their banter back and forth depending on who's winning or not that'd be cool
1: yeah oh it's it's, it's great i i, I think if you were to bring Sparrow Racing League back and it was something like that, I think it could be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Make two or three different maps and just like each time you bring it back, like, oh, here's a map, okay? But like, there's kind of like a rotation. Like, we're going to do it three times in a year. You've got three different maps to do it in. And like, it it could be sections that already exist, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you could easily like port the home... I don't know how easy this is to do or not. I'm backseat game developing right now. But like, (laughs) take like the... Take the streets that we see in Homecoming, in the Homecoming, or not Homecoming, mm-hmm. in um, the Chosen or whatever mission mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Um, when we stop Gall, when you're running through the streets, I think that would, like, if you clear up, like, some of the debris and stuff, that could be funny. Like, maybe frames are, like, taking shots at you as you drive by with, like, not with, like, guns, but, like, with tasers or something. Like, they shut right. your sparrow down for a second or two, or they slow you down like it's, uh, you're going through, like, hive gas or something. Right. Um, I think things like that could be really fun. Um, and I, like you said, like prison of elders is something I've been a big proponent of. But I think if you do this, give me like, give me some, give me some like racing suits. Yeah. Um, and I want like a really, ra- I want a rapid fire sidearm as the gun. Ooh. I want to call it. I just want, I want to, call, I, I don't even know if I want it to be like a, a legendary or if I want it to be an exotic. I want to call it the wingman though, regardless.
0: That'd be cool. That's a good. If you that's a good name.
1: Sparrow racing league. I want racing suits. I want the wingman, and I want an exotic sparrow out of it. Yeah. But I want it to be like a big, bulky sparrow, like a fucking NASCAR racer.
0: Like Methrax and Saint built them themselves.
1: Oh my, dude, can you imagine, like, Saints is, like, big and bulky, and Mithrax is, is like, this, like, crisp, like, circuitry, and, like, it kind of look like, not even crisp, it looks like it's kind of hobbled together, and, like, you do the quest line for the event, and Amanda gives you a Sparrow that's just as fast as Always on Time at the end, mm-hmm. with the perk from Always on Time, yeah, which is still unique to that Sparrow, gives you that, maybe. I I I think this would be the perfect time also to introduce something I've been asking for for a while. Sparrows 2.0. Ooh. Let me mod my sparrow with certain resistances, with speed upgrades and whatnot. But in exchange for little trade offs if you're going to bring Sparrow Racing League back, I got to be able to mod my ride. Right. And I want I want Vin Diesel to have a vocal cameo in this.
0: (laughs) It's about family.
1: I want him. No, I want. I want him. <laughs> I, I want him to play Marcus Wren, the reigning champion of SRL in in canon. I want him to play Marcus Wren, and I want him to pull up behind beside me in the intro mission for the event, and just tell me the words "ride or die," and then I want the Wiz Khalifa song to kick in. Oh, jeez. As I'm rounding the corner and he's going one way, I'm going the other. As he realizes I'm going to win, I want the Wiz Khalifa song to kick in. I want him to Paul Walker his ass. Wow. That came out wrong. Hmm. I don't mean like that. I want him to drive off into the sunset. I don't want him to die in a fiery inferno. (laughs) I want him to Brian O'Connor himself. That's what I want him to do. (laughs) That would that that would be my ideal seasonal event, but I want it to happen a, co- like even like for a week or two a season I think would be great. Yeah. But you have a couple different tracks that are like you could even do it during these events like you have a Halloween track, you have a Christmas track. Like imagine if you have a Christmas track and there's like Dregs and like. Uh, frames and like sweeper bots on the side who are like throwing snowballs at you as you're driving <laughs> by and it's like it's like giving you the frostbite you get in the tower yeah how great would that be, be
0: hilarious that's funny also
1: please fix crimson days thanks a lot thanks guys <laughs> i like crimson days please fix it <laughs> please bring it back
0: bring I it back
1: <sighs> wow that's what i would do and my, my armor choice is boring, but I stand by the wingman as a rapid fire sidearm would be great. That's cool. You can just you can just, res- you can just uh, reskin um, Last Hope for me. I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Just just do it. Just do it.
0: That's fair. It's do a we cool have May any other
1: comments on uh, seasonal events that we would like to see?
0: No. I'm good. I stay in my mind, but also that's a cool v- way to kind of upgrade uh sparrow racing league
1: uh i thought i think that's one of the only ways you could like feasibly bring it back yeah um you would have to make like a whole thing around it but i think like in the introductory time to bringing it back would be just perfect do do a sparrow revamp similar to how you did ghosts mm-hmm. i don't see any reason why we can't have sparrow mods also yeah yeah sparrow horns dude i want my sparrow horns back I want to annoy my entire fire team by playing La Cucaracha as loud as it can possibly go. <laughs> Repeatedly, over and over and over again at the beginning of Deepstone Crypt.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Uh, our second question tonight comes from Tom Cat and Socks. Can you guys talk about what builds are your favorite, specifically when pairing exotic weapons and armor together? Hmm. I'm going to let
0: you take this one first.
1: Um. Yeah. So, funny enough, I I know that John is internally screaming hearing me say this out loud. I've moved away from using exotic armor a lot this uh this particular season, um and really since stasis kind of came into play because stasis has allowed for so much more build control just within the class, mm-hmm. um, that I've taken to using that more and more and more. Um, in terms of armor, when I use my armor. I'm usually just run, I'm running a fully masterwork set of legendary armor obviously when I use an exotic um, typically I I put on an exotic to either help with one of two things to help with my mobility like I need that just a slight extra boost or an extra speed so I'll put on stompies if I need those uh, for jumping puzzles that used to be my go to in uh, whisper of the worm and I would switch them off as soon as we got to uh, legitimate enemies because uh, I was done with jumping by then. But uh, most of mine is really built around just supporting like my my stasis ability, specifically melee builds. So I use my stasis melee a lot. Um, I prefer to dump my stuff into uh, artifact perks personally. I think that the artifact perks combined with how stasis is kind of framed out at least for a hunter i think it's really hard to argue with that is like the best option right now um and keep in mind most most everything i'm saying is because i focus on pve builds i don't do pvp builds really i again this is making some people scream internally i don't usually change my stuff up for pvp unless i was running celestial nighthawk ahead of time Mm -hmm. um like if i happen to be running Stompies and i go into trials okay i'll leave them on cool but I'm not going in there with Orpheus regs on. I'm not gonna go in there with shards. I have gotten away from using Blade Barrage in there because freeze grenades and shurikens are just so, 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 so helpful. Um, if they would make a slight tweak to Oath Keepers, which is, that's the one where uh, you get an extra bounce from your uh, throwing knife. Mm-hmm. I, if they would make a slight tweak to that and like let my shurikens have an extra bounce or two, I would probably never take those off. Uh, one thing I have started to use a lot, though, when it comes to a PvP build and using Stasis in particular, uh, a friend of uh, John and I's, Max, turned me on to this. Mask of Backris. Uh I really like Mask of Backris. It Instead of having my dodge, it lets me uh, basically blink once, and that is great for ambushing, for maneuverability, for flanking, especially if you're attacking with another person and you use that. Like Then they don't know where to aim their... To aim their super, or aim their heavy, or whatever, because you're blinking out of the way. Um, I like that. I hate playing against it, and if I like, if I hate playing against it, that means it's probably pretty good to be using. Uh, that combined with freeze grenades is just—it's dirty. Even in PVE content, it can be pretty good for getting around champions or getting to revives. Um, I've found that out. But I think with that, you you need to have high mobility if you're going to do that on a hunter you probably need to be thinking about doing Shatter Dive and not like I do, which is Duskfield Grenades. Um, because I think if you can, if you can you know, use the Blink from Backrest, drop your grenade immediately, you can Shatter Dive before they can do anything. Uh, and I say that knowing full well, that strategy is probably not going to be viable a month from now. But uh, it is one of the only instances in which I would say, yeah, go ahead and use the Shatter Dive. Because if you can put together a combo like that, you honestly deserve to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think as far as exotics go for, for hunters and PVP, it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult for PVE. Um, I like to pair, um, I've been using Vex mythoclast a lot. It's been no secret. I've been using, especially with this season's, uh, fusion buffs with the buff to class with, um, particle deconstruction. Uh, I've been using it constantly. We do Grandmaster Nightfalls. I take that in there because I just I mow down the Unstoppable Champions with it. Mm-hmm. Not only is it stunning them, it's doing a ton of damage. And if I can get those linear shots, bam, 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 I can pretty much drop a Champion right there. Right. <clears throat> um, I think it's really hard to argue with that. With that, I like to pair that with something in my uh, primary slot that... kind of hand i like to always be building around so i build around stasis like i said i'm not i may not be building it in terms of exotics but uh for example one of the mods i have on my class item and i wanted to make sure i pulled this up so that i'm saying the name of this correctly uh i run thermoclastic strike um so solar and stasis melees disrupt combatants stun them delay ability regeneration and lower combatant damage output and it is strong against overload champions Refreshes melee ability whenever you or a member of your fire team stuns an overload champion. It when we did we were doing grandmasters the last couple weeks, I was just standing at a safe distance, just chucking them because you get you get two at a time, and as soon as they stun, bam, they're both back. It takes two to stun, I'm just continually stunning while everybody else is damaging. And then I've got my over I've got my uh unstoppable vex mythoclast with me, so that allows me to kind of have a little bit more freedom in how I want to do my build. Do I want to Take in Reed's regret as my heavy, or my uh, threaded needle, or do I want, or a, yeah, threaded needle, or do I want to uh, focus on something else? Do I want to take a sword in for this instance? Uh, for my primary, I have found myself running most of the season peacebound, especially since I got the one with headstone. So I'm creating stasis crystals constantly. Mm-hmm. That's been really useful, uh, because I mean, you go shatter that that's extra damage that you're doing, right? Um, I, I like to do that. It's, I don't know, I, I think that we're gonna see a lot, and I, I definitely want to talk more about builds going forward because we're getting the Void 3.0 rework with right. Witch Queen, and that's gonna That's gonna be a big part of what I'm gonna talk about in March. I'm god, we're talking like three four months in the future. Um, after we get through that initial raid weekend, I want to start playing with builds. Then I want to see like what I can do with you know top and bottom tree tether. I want to have a plus. Sort of plus you'll have for, weapon like, crafting.
0: you have weapon crafting to go in yeah, with those I, builds we'll too. Have
1: weapon crafting. Like I don't think we have to worry about you know. Oh well, this gun's not available anymore because uh, the season is gone. You know, like no, just go craft it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've made it to where it's less and less about what exotic you have in certain modes. And for it's weird, like for hunters right now, I don't think there's, I'm, I promise I'm being really long winded with this, but I'm almost done. It's we're in, we're in a really odd place as a subclass, I think, because I don't think there's like one exotic that is just dominant in either mode. I think Bacchus is pretty close to being dominant in PVP. Um, But I shockingly don't see people use it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, And I think for PvE... I mean, I've aired my grievances so many times about this. But it's... It's Celestial Nighthawk. I I did have a build last season that I built around Star Eaters. And I was going to do one around Radiant Dance Machines. But both of those got nerfed into the ground immediately and are literally unusable. Um, So right now there's no point. Now... I'm going to write down this question because I want to come back to this question in three months when we get the Void 3.0 rework because I really want to build something around Orpheus rigs. Right. Um, Orpheus rigs, and I think uh, Graviton Forfeit is another one I want to build some stuff around. Um, I'm really excited to see those, not necessarily get reworked, but I'm excited to see how they're going to fit into Void 3.0. Even... um, Gwizhen Vest. Uh, I would say Gemini Jesters are really good. If you're running a high mobility build, and you're a Hunter, Gemini Jesters and Backrus are probably the way to go. For almost any act, I mean, they can work in PvP or PvE, but if you gotta run, for Hunters, there's pretty much only two choices right now. Like I would say Tether is an option now. It wasn't for a while, but man, you can't the, the, the pure damage output from Celestial Nighthawk is just
0: yeah. stupid. It's stupid.
1: It's absur- It's still absurd. Um, Star Eaters would have been so much better. God, I'm so upset about those. I hope those get a rework in December. Uh, but before I sit here and keep talking about my build all night, uh, Corey. I mean, you could. If you what, want. what do you... I, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot the, the other part of my build that I do. I, I did mention to say this. Um... I tend to be the one who runs focusing lens for my fire team. Uh, I slap it onto onto my cloak, uh, and I run it. And for those of you who don't know, focusing lens, uh, light abilities do bonus damage to combatants affected by stasis. So I you know, chuck my grenade out there or my stasis tornado, and then we just unleash hell. Um, especially you know, with, with big hammer, with shields, with um, chaos reaches, with uh, nova bombs. It's great. I I mean, it it may take us a little while to kind of make a new focusing lens build because I was doing these back in uh, Hunt and Chosen. Mm -hmm. But now it it goes, okay, we we have this. I drop my tornado on whatever boss it is in a GM or on a raid boss, and everyone can just unload, and it's just doing insane amounts of damage. You're one-phasing bosses, right, if you do things correctly. So those are the two most essential things to my build right there that and just i really focus on mobility and uh resilience as a hunter i'm a little squishy hmm. um yeah now now you can go for i promise you can go now
0: all right so obviously i've been pairing the fusion rifles with the with the mods from the, the artifact right i don't think we need to go into that anymore the linear fusion rifles mm-hmm. with those mods or the sword right those sword mods and stuff but uh so probably about three or four months ago, which I should probably update these and ask. speaking of a one Johnny, uh, he gave me some pretty decent builds for Titans. Uh, cause I usually run solar Titan or Sentinel Titan. I don't really see a decent, I don't, I don't really like go out of my way to run the other ones. Although, uh, with that Titan chess piece, uh, obviously striker Titan is a lot more viable these days. <laughs> uh, but i've been running i've been running a lot of uh uh solar titan with uh with uh worm god's caress uh the boots mm-hmm. yeah. or or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the arms i mean the arms and with uh with the middle tree solar titan well, which is uh pretty awesome because you can you can usually just annihilate uh a ton of guys at once and and I also have been trying to run that build a little bit with, with Dune marchers. Uh, so, and sometimes I pair that with Monte Carlo because it's why not, you know,
1: oh, Monte it's, Carlo is great, especially if it's a melee build.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and, and someone like me who likes to get up close and personal with enemies and not always in the smartest way possible. I just like to run in there and, you know, murder guys. So, uh, that builds fun. I, uh, I also run a little bit of when I'm not running, obviously, Helm of St. 14 with the Bubble Titan, right? Like, I'm when I'm running Sentinel, I usually run uh, the (coughs) Ursa, uh, uh, Ferosa, gauntlets, and uh, obviously, grenades and and melees, clear adds, and and heal your team. So that's kind of the build I've been running with. It's more of like a support role. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, d- I do run that a little bit. So, obviously, it's not as in depth, and I've been playing with these with different mods and everything. Uh, because, like, I've never really played around with Bills until this season, really, or I guess last season, really, like to the extent that we talk about on the show. Uh, but those are really the two that I've been messing around with, uh, when I'm not using my go to, uh, bubbled Helm St. 14, obviously. So, um, but yeah, obviously not as in depth as yours, Josh. But
1: those are the ones I've been playing around with. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you're definitely playing with more exotics than I am. I've yeah. just reached a point of complacency with my build, like where I'm well. I, I think run it, stasis so much that I'm secure with not doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense though with stasis because there's not a lot of mm-hmm. there's not really a a lot, at least that we really know that really assists a stasis build, right?
1: So i mean there's definitely ones that can help you out with you with your melee and things like that and like like i said i've really like tried to focus on mine and this melee has made it so easy for me to play from a ways back even nerfing the damage and the tracking for it yeah has really really helped yeah um like i said like uh, just being able to stun overload champions like that over and over and over it's great like i have the i have the privilege right now of being able to say oh i'm just going to run stasis for this season because there's nothing that's really helping um there there is stuff that's helping solar but not to the point where like okay i have to run this solar build instead of my stasis build Mm -hmm. um But I mean like my armor mods largely stay the same outside of that like season to season. Like I, I have a charge I have I always have high energy fire on. I mm-hmm. like to run charge with light mods a lot. Yeah. Um so that stacks on stacks, those are pretty common ones for me. Yeah. Um this season just happened to be an awesome season in which there is so much from the artifact that I need to or want to run. Um I am almost always running uh Radiant Light. And powerful friends because I run a lot of arc-based armor on my class. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have either of those mods, those are essential mods to have. I think for for basic builds, mm-hmm. those are the app two of the absolute best mods you can possibly get. Along with I would say high energy fire and like the charge with light suite, those are like the ones if you're wanting to get into build crafting, those are ones you should be buying from Ada when she has yeah. them pop up. Um, radiant light for those who don't know casting your super causes nearby allies to become charged with light and then because I run more than one arc piece um, radiant light also gives me a plus 20 to my strength Uh, and then powerful friends uh, does the same thing when you become charged with light, nearby allies also become charged if they are not already and you get the plus 20 mobility I get that the basic ones for those can kind of become cancelled out but with that, if everybody's running high energy fire, I'm charging everybody constantly with throwing my super out there as much as I can. With my stasis super, like I'm, I'm getting it back pretty quickly. I mean, if you're in a scenario where you're needing high energy fire, you're probably creating a ton of warmth. Everybody's got master worked weapons or they've got catalysts that they've done. They're chucking supers for ad clears. Like I've been known to get two tornado- two stasis tornadoes in one Tanx damage phase right. in deep stone. And then is, I mean, when you take things like that, you're getting it even quicker in situations like Atheon, where you're becoming charged rapidly. I have been able to get two, sometimes even three celestial nighthawks off on Atheon if I start off in the room and I shoot my nighthawk right at the beginning. I can probably, I will get another one by the time everyone's exiting, and I will usually get one more or be on the brink by the time Time's Vengeance ends. Right, like. It just, it kind of depends on the scenario, but my basic mods pretty much stay the same, especially this season with my special mod effect allowing me to interchange between Stasis and Solar. That is just the biggest gift you could possibly give somebody like me. Oh, those are the only two things I run. Awesome. If I need to go throw on Nighthawk, I can throw on Nighthawk. Bada bing, bada boom. So, any more build comments before we move on to War Corner? Uh, no, I think we
0: can... Uh... I think we move on to warlocks lore. i'm sorry yeah sorry warlocks here's my build for warlock hold down x to delete character and start a different character bah!
1: <laughs> rude. <laughs> rude uh the two that we're gonna read tonight are uh they're gonna be a pair of uh a pair of zavala stories Ooh. um they're going to be from the uh, the two nightfall weapons this uh, this season. So the first one we're going to read is The Hothead. Uh, think of it as a weaponized temper tantrum is what the flavor text says. <laughs> uh, Zavala swung off his sparrow in a rocky gulch near the EDZ. Across the wash, a Cabal legionary leaned next to a small shuttle and a Styon stood at attention nearby. You, Zavala, the legionary called. Zavala tried not to feel slighted. I am Commander Zavala he answered. I can't do it like Lance Reddick, so I'm not doing voices. The legionary squinted and nodded slowly. Had to make sure, it said. Security stuff. Let's do this quick. The legionary pointed a fat finger at the scion. The scion is going to ask you a question. Then you tell me your answer. I go tell Empress Keitel and that's all. What kind of questions, Zavala asked. The legionary shrugged. Only the scion and Empress Keitel know. Safer that way. Zavala warily approached the scion. As it stared into him with its single eyes, Zavala felt his ears ring. His hand went to his sidearm, but a vision sprang to his mind, vivid and fully formed. Zavala saw the Dreaming City. He saw cabal ships filling the sky, spewing oily smoke. Then an explosion, a sea of explosions, violent, red and black, with the fury of planet killers. Unmakers, but concentrated, refined, for the size of the task at hand. He saw death for all in the Dreaming City. "'Bodies face down in the crystal grid of their palace. "'Marasov, Petravenge, Crossairs, countless awoken. "'Collateral. "'For at the bottom of a crater was the shattered body of a crystal-bound hive god, at her most vulnerable moment, her trickery silenced forever. "'Then a war. "'Yes, probably, but a small one. "'And behind it blood on two pairs of hands, two willing to pay the price for peace. "'No. "'Savala broke the Scion's gaze and the vision stopped abruptly.' The legionary grunted, that your official answer? Zavala straightened, my answer is no, he said clearly. The legionary nodded, fair enough, it said, and took a half step back from the scion. The scion punched a code into a small wrist-mounted screen. There was a brief chime, a muffled pop, and the scion slumped to the ground, blood pouring from a wound in its head. Zavala reached for his weapon again, but the legionary laughed and held up a hand. The volunteer knew that's part of the deal. Now nobody knows what the question was except for you and the empress safest that way gotta go and tell her your answer the cabal called as it climbed into the shuttle hope you made the right choice The craft chugged into the sky it's jet spatterings of all his boots with the scions blood um <clears throat> i think this is fascinating because we we know that scions specifically callus's scions predicted the future they predicted the future but they always predicted a future in which Kalos was the god of everything at the end of the universe to satisfy his ego Mm -hmm. Sions seem to continue at least powerful Sions continue to have this power it seems that they can see plausible futures they can communicate messages telepathically uh, things of that nature and I find this fascinating in a number of ways because we know that Keitel has kind of been pushing for an offensive against Sabathun knowing and she has ships watching the Dreaming City she has ships watching the reef. She's ready to pull the trigger, and it almost makes me wonder if there won't be some big event at the end of this season that yeah. involves her, the Awoken, Crow, because Crow and Saladin are the emissaries to her.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: would kind of wrap their storylines for the year. Right. Spider, we still have to deal with the Tangled Jaws being sunset. Like, is something going to happen? And, oh, and Sabathun ultimately is going to get away. Right. Just what are the events that lead to that? Does Keitel jump the gun? Right. Does Zavala, is this going to add another layer to Zavala's story of he feels regret for not acting? Right. You know, especially if this, if, say, Witch Queen leads to the death of Ikora. We know somebody is dying, either this season or in the Witch Queen, a major character. Is Zavala going to feel guilt like he did over Cade? Yeah. You know, over (laughs) like he did over the Speaker and over the city. Like, at what point do these events when they're racking up leads of Allah to resign from his post as commander of the tower of Vanguard, not saying that he should, but at what point does the guilt become too much for him?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, and I mean, he just had a dissenter in the city ranks, in the consensus ranks, mm-hmm. three of the leader. Well, one of the leaders, has fled the other, uh, two of them have fled. One is dead, you know, and he's reminded of that repeatedly throughout this season too. Yeah. Uh, it's just—it's it, wild. There's so many things here, and it's like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Like the 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 leadership is fractured. Sabatune's basically achieved her goal there. Yeah. How are how are we supposed to mount the offensive against her? Right. Wow. Well. Uh, our second piece tonight comes from the comedian. Aha! Ha 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 ha! That's literally the flavor text. I get dually it dually at the
0: because p- comedians are funny.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Zavala stared duly at the de- dully at the desk on his uh, the papers on his desk, reports splayed out in front of him. Sightings of Osiris moving toward the Dreaming City. Dispatches for Saint Fourteen and Crow. Reams of dire investigations from Ikora. On page after page, the name Osiris jumped out at him, and then the name Sabathun. He reached for an older report, something simpler buried beneath the damage assessments from the Vex incursion in the Batza district. The smoke from the attack they had had barely cleared, but felt like so long ago. He found Rahul's analysis of the endless night. It detailed how the Vex energies pouring from their network blocked the sun drained the resources of the city. How the pulsing of their particular frequencies made the citizenry paranoid and susceptible to suggestion. Zavala resisted the urge to crumple the report in his vest. Instead, he stood and turned to rest his forehead against the tall window as he closed his eyes. He remembered when he ended Osiris' exile from the city and allowed him to stay in the Annex. He remembered when he spoke with him about the death of Segira, when he consulted with him on what to do with Crow, when he brought him as counsel to meet with Kaito, and he remembered how each time the sun had been shining. <clears throat> uh, I... This just kind of, again, this adds another layer to Zavala, you know. This is more racked with guilt, you know. He literally let a Hive God into the city. Right. right. But he let her in. Almost The Vex almost took over the city because of that. The Elixir were almost wiped out. But yet he's also overseen alliances with the remainder of the Cabal Empire and with the Elixir under Mithrax. We've gained a tentative ally in Keitel, at least for now, and... We definitely have an ally in Mithrax. Right. So, at what point does Zavala think that we have enough for you know what we've what we've said is going to be the Avengers Assemble moment of destiny? You right. got to think that it's coming in the Witch Queen that this is all groundwork for what's going to happen at the end of that campaign. Yeah. Um. You know, whether the raid actually deals with Savathun or not is another question entirely, or is Evu a wrath or the Harbinger? Like, there's so much that can possibly happen here. And I think, in terms of storytelling, and I think it's great that, you know, we read some of these lore pieces and it gives us an insight into what these characters are thinking, but also for future motivations. We spent a lot of time talking about Zavala and Saladin this, uh, this year. Yeah. Because. These guys are guys that they haven't really been at the forefront of the storylines until recently, especially. Um, has been at the forefront of most of the last year of storytelling. Saladin is slowly creeping up there. He's had a lot that's been happening off screen. But if there's anything we know about this franchise, they like to tell stories off screen to prep you for what's coming. So I think that we take a look at this. Zavala clearly wants some form of revenge against Savathun, but sabathun has been watching him for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that she was peering through Shaxx's uh, Ahamkara skull at Zavala, trying right. to influence him, and we know that from the Traveler's Chosen One. We know that the people in the streets, you know, it says here that they're they're susceptible to paranoia, uh, anxiety, and trickery, and suggestions. They're humming Savathun's song out there. Mm -hmm. crow is singing it in the helm at some point we have to reckon with all of this like there there's a larger narrative reason for her song like this is something that's been in the game since the red war campaign with the big shrieker literally called sabathun's song and i think it's great that we've come full circle even though it's taken five years almost five years at this point to do it right I think that's great. Like, that's great. Like, to lay these narrative seeds and do it. Like, Savathun is something we've built up to since the Books of Sorrow. Since we dispatched Oryx, we've been working up the Savathun. Right. We've been working up the Zivu Arath. Like, we know what Savathun looks like. Are we going to see Zivu Arath in the flesh this season, too, before the end? You think we think? Are we we'll going to see... watch two gods duke it out next season?
0: I wonder if there'll be, like, a weird hive civil war between them.
1: I think it's definitely possible because Zevu Wrath is pretty clearly aligned with the Black Fleet, and Sabathun. Both, I, I don't think she's being entirely. You know, we we discussed this that maybe this isn't the real reason. Like yeah. she is clearly scared of something.
0: Maybe but she it's not Zevu Maybe she figured out how to steal the light so she could fight Zevu Wrath in the darkness, or
1: like whatever. Power the black fleet is giving. I me mean, we know the dark. The darkness has passed her over multiple times. Yeah, you know, first it went. You know, Aramis, and then figured out how to use it, and then we did as well. Sabathun was trying to keep us from talking to the pyramids when they first arrived. Right, she didn't want us talking to them. She, you know, we remember the uh, season of arrivals. We remember the uh, the inflection points. Remember the weekly story where she was sending Naakris to stop us. Right. And you know, her lieutenants in the the ascendant plane, she very clearly did not want us. And when that scheme failed, that's when she was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm going to kill Osiris and I'm going to take his body. I'm going to come to the city as a familiar face." Right. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to really dissect here, but these are, I think, these are interesting building blocks for what we know is comic. Yeah. So. Man. That's worth. <laughs> so,
0: so many questions that like you think you're going to know the answer to and then they're just going to turn it on its head
1: yeah and that's that's both exciting and terrifying like we think we have it figured out and i in a way i've like just kind of given up on trying to figure out what's going to happen because there's like 50 different plot threads that are all intersecting at the same time yeah so man
0: so exciting i'm so excited josh i'm there's excited so many also. exciting things happening in destiny just want to play them you know so right well josh is there anything else planned for the evening
1: i uh for tonight no i don't think so we uh we were debating if we were going to sneak off and go see eternals at a late showing but i don't think we're going to Mm. i'm uh i'm simply too tired and uh she's had a migraine all day so yeah
0: all right well Guess we'll wrap the show then. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to Tower Casuals. Remember, you can find us every Friday on your podcast service of choice, on our YouTube channel, and various other places. Josh, thank you for your time tonight. Where can we find you?
1: At Josh underscore, underscore Finn, two N's on Twitter. Mm.
0: Nice. You can find me at HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me... uh Hanging out, playing some Destiny. And uh, that's, that's kind of it. You can email the show at towercasuals at gmon.com. You can tweet at us, questions at towercasuals. Follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen to the show. And until next week, we love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.
1: You need to stop, sir.